Portland Computer Services presents the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Hi there, this is Don Wardlow, Baseball Lifer in Residence, bringing you the Baseball Lifer podcast. We're brought to you by Cortland Computer Services of Middlesex, New Jersey. You'll hear about them after I've talked to you a little bit about our guest for today's show and a little about baseball as it is on this Friday, May 26th, as I record this. The Yankees didn't have their best week. Wednesday in particular, they had Nasty Nestor Cortez pitching. I love that nickname, Nasty Nestor. And they call him that because his pitches are nasty. You can't hit him if you're on the other team, or so it seems. Well, he was nasty all right into the seventh inning. Then he ran out of gas. The Yankees had a 5-1 to lead. Nasty Nestor gave up a couple of runs, and they turned it over to... Johnny Cordero, which was an unfortunate move to make as things turned out. The Orioles scored eight runs in that inning before the mess was over. And the Yankees lost that game nine to six. And then they lost last night to the Orioles. So Yankees have to hope that whatever they do this weekend, it'll be better than what they did the last couple of nights against the surprising Orioles. Meantime, the month of May is a month of College baseball, I like to start with my alma mater, Glassboro State it was then, now it's Rowan University. Rowan, both the men's baseball and the women's softball, have won through and gone on to the Super Regionals, which will begin shortly after I finish sending out this podcast. The men will play Salisbury University down in Maryland, and the women will play Randolph-Macon in Ashland, Virginia. So baseball and softball will play this weekend, and if either one wins, they'll go on to the Division Three World Series. Last week's guest, Adam Giardino, and this week's guest, Chris Jones, both have broadcast for many years for the University of Connecticut, and I'm a big fan of theirs. I've been listening to Connecticut games Going back to 1993, when I lived there, I had Adam on last week, and you're about to hear from Chris. At the time when I did the recordings, the University of Connecticut, or UConn, the Huskies baseball team, was a favorite to not only get into the regional, but maybe to host one. Now they're in a spot because in their Big East Conference tournament, UConn lost to Xavier yesterday, Thursday, in the second round of the tournament. So they have to win now three games tonight, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If they lose any of those days, they're certainly out of the tournament. And then the question is, will they get an at-large bid into the NCAA? And that's a question that will be answered on Memorial Day. But it would be easier for the Huskies if they managed to win on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and win the Big East tournament outright 
and get the automatic bid. So after we bring you a word from our sponsor, Cortland Computer Services, you'll be able to hear from one of those Connecticut broadcasters who's now in Ohio hoping to broadcast three more games this weekend, Chris Jones. He's yours if you keep it where it is. I am having such a problem at work. This is the second time this month I have had two computers down and I can't get my computer company to come to the office and fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when the computers are not working properly. I need somebody that can come out, see what's wrong, and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They have been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860. Courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of computer services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here, and my guest, I've been listening to this fella for many, many a year. I don't know, really, I didn't have time to look in my vault and see if his first game that I had was from 2011 or 2012. I know it's there somewhere. He currently broadcasts for the University of Connecticut, UConn, and his name is Chris Jones. Chris, welcome. Don, thanks so much for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Um, it's great to be with you. Now, Chris, when when I was a boy, and I often talk about this, I wanted to be a country disc jockey. <laughs> <laughs> and I never, I wouldn't have been a broadcaster for baseball because we had no minor league baseball in New Jersey then. So what were you thinking about as, say, a 10-year-old, 12-year-old Chris Jones, uh, presumably you were in Simsbury by then. Yes. What were, you, what were you thinking of for your future then? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people in my friend group, uh, a lot of, um, you know, males that are growing up playing the game of baseball, they have the dreams of being a professional athlete, um, you know, living that lifestyle. So obviously when you're young, um, you're kind of working your your way towards that, those dreams of being a, you know, major league baseball player or a professional athlete in any sport. Um, thankfully, I think as I grew into my teens, I think I realized quicker than others that that was not going to be the route, <laughs> that my ability was not going to take me um, in terms of playing. But I knew when I was young that I wanted to work in something to do with sports. And obviously baseball was my passion. Baseball was my love. Um you know, not only playing Little League and Legion and all that stuff, but, you know, just those summer days in the backyard where you get five or six of your buddies together and you just play 
boy, nine to 10 hours of just wiffle ball, jumping in the pool in between games, then playing another game, getting sunburn, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I always knew. I didn't know what the route was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do something um, in the sports realm and specifically in the baseball realm. Um, and I think as I was, you know, as you move throughout your youth and um, I really enjoyed kind of, you know, doing the thing where you're playing video games or playing wiffle ball and you're kind of calling out the situation and kind of announcing the game out loud, um, some of the moments and things like that. Um, so I don't know if I knew it at the time, but I think it always was in my blood to to broadcast baseball at some point in my life and and thankfully was able to get that started once I got to UConn. Playing wiffle ball in the yard, I would kind of broadcast the game, even though I still thought of myself as a disc jockey. Yeah. I, I, I could even do a fairly good Phil Rizzuto before my voice broke. <laughs> and I later would find out that my broadcast partner, Jim Lucas, would do play-by-play of anything random, even going through the store. He'd make it into a play-by-play event. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's uh, you know, how it can be when, you know, broadcasting is in your future now at UConn. Um, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle at a great big school like that. I feel that's why I did well at a small college, which was Glassboro State, which is now known as Rowan. But how did you manage to avoid getting lost in the shuffle at a giant school like UConn? Yeah, um, it really started from day one, Don. Right when I got to school, my parents dropped me off during the student union and my dad actually pointed up at um at a flyer on the wall while we were eating and it said 91.7 WHUS and it was the on-campus radio station and um I don't think it was a sports flyer um I think my mom or dad would remember that better but I remember my dad just bringing up hey maybe they have uh sports talk um I remember that being the the first thing sports talk it wasn't even uh play by play that was the thought and so um I'm sure it was like a couple weeks into school, you you start to get settled in the transition from, you know, being at home with your parents and in high school to being on your own at college. I think it was a couple weeks in that I, you know, went up to the WHS studio in the student union and said, Hey, do you guys have any sports talk shows? Do you guys do live games and things like that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. We call, you know, home games for X and X sports and, yeah, if you want to sign up, like, let's get it going. Um, obviously, you have to earn your keep, um, which is engineering in the studio, which for those that don't, don't know, is basically just making sure the game gets on the air. Um, and they basically were like, yeah, it might take you, you know, a few months worth of engineering and whatnot. And um, but we'll be able to find spots for you here and there where we'll get you in broadcast and get you going. So I don't think I did my first broadcast I know vividly that I did in the spring of my freshman year uh, of 2010. I'm not sure off the top of my head if I did anything in terms of um, the fall of 2009 with any of the fall sports. I think I was just engineering for the most part. So I I, I remember doing a game um, at J.O. Christian Field in the, in the spring of 2010, and that was my first real experience of doing on-air play-by-play broadcasting. So... It was not, I mean, you know, that was a very small department. I think that at the time when I joined it, it was like seven or eight people and 
it was a great crew of people. And um, obviously one of them, one of my mentors, Adam Giardino was one of them um, who's a couple of years older than me. He wasn't the sports director at the time, but he was the one that kind of took me under his wing. And um, it's been pretty cool. I know he's one of your guests on, on one of these podcasts. It's pretty cool that our, our paths have kind of aligned where he's doing games um, here at UConn still for ESPN radio and for some of our video broadcasts. So um, it's great to kind of see the trajectories that both of our careers have, have taken us. On the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here talking with Chris Jones, who's Assistant Director of Athletic Communications and Baseball Broadcaster for the Yukon Huskies, University of Connecticut. Now, whether it be baseball, soccer, basketball, where were some of the interesting places you're your career took you before graduating when it was strictly WHUS when you weren't making money what kind of places were you going yeah um obviously the big one um was the 2011 super regionals down in Clemson um we went there and then stayed for the week and went to Columbia South Carolina for the super regionals against the reigning national champs and they eventually won it that year as well Um, that was a very unique experience for me personally, because not only was I down there at Clemson broadcasting the games, but one of my best friends, um, Nick Millette was a student at Clemson. He, you know, went to Simsbury high school with me, grew up with him through elementary school, playing little league. And so he actually went to Clemson. Um, and it just so happened that I, I didn't even stay in the team hotel at the time, um, I stayed with him and his buddies and it was just like one of those weeks that you'll never forget. I just vividly remember, you know, going to Kingsmore stadium and it was one of the premier ballparks in college that I'd been to at that point in my life. And uh, you lose the first game to coastal Carolina, Tommy LaStella, future big leaguer hits two home runs against Matt Barnes and kind of in the back of your head, um, you're thinking, wow, okay, this might be a quick, a quick trip. Um, and then they just go on that magical run. They beat Sacred Heart the next day. Uh, they sweep a double header against Coastal and Clemson um, on a walk-off hit by Ryan Fuller to push it to a game seven the next night. And then obviously they blow out the Tigers uh, on draft night where George Springer and Matt Barnes both get get selected. So that was that was the, the big one early on that really um, kind of, you know, drove my interest even more. I was already pretty locked in on UConn baseball, but that was the one that was like, okay, like this program is, is pretty special. Um, I think uh, we need to take this to the next level. And eventually once I took over as sports director, we went from broadcasting just a few home games and postseason games to calling all the games on the radio, which I think was, was fantastic and brought me to a lot of different places from, the big East cities of DC and Philly and whatnot to, you know, going to Sam Houston state for the first time in 2013 and Huntsville, Texas, and just being like, where are we? We are in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but it's just fantastic. I think that's one of my favorite things about the job and the gig is you get to go to all of these really unique and cool places. Most of them, obviously college campuses, but you get to explore the United States. You get to explore all these different cultures um, while you're able to 
to call baseball games, right? Like you get to call the games and then after you call the games, you get to explore the different restaurants and foods and people and all that good stuff. So I've been very blessed and and obviously been able to go to so many different places uh, since graduating um, because of being able to call, um, you know, while I was in school, UConn athletics, because I didn't call just baseball. I called soccer and field hockey and all that good stuff. So um, was able to travel to a lot of different spots and get to see a lot of different places and see how they do things. And um, as you're maturing and um, learning yourself as a broadcaster, you're able to pick up certain things and develop your own voice. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty special as you look, look back on it right now. What sport was it that you covered at Sam Houston State? And I'll explain why after you tell me what sport you were there to cover. I was there for baseball. Yeah, it was a three-game series down there um, for baseball. Because that is Dan Rather's alma mater. Yes. And in his yes. first book, there's an absolutely wonderful story about the original name of Sam Houston State. It's a story I can't tell because this is a family podcast. <laughs> but if you ever read his first book called The Camera Never Blinks, there's a wonderful story about the school before they renamed it Sam Houston State. So now before you we're going to talk about doing the job for the money, but you got a chance to do something that has the potential to be real exciting even before you were making a paycheck. You were an, e an intern at ESPN. Now, give me an idea about a day in the life of an intern at ESPN. Yeah, I um, I like most uh, college kids applied for the summer internship, um, and it was just so competitive that I didn't end up getting it. Um, and was just trying, obviously when you're growing up, ESPN is the goal. I think you asked me that first question of what did you think was going to be your dream job? What did you want to do when you're younger? And after you realize you're not going to be a professional athlete, I think the main thing was, I want to work at ESPN. Um, you know, you grow up, uh, you know, it's so much different for kids growing up nowadays with the way ESPN set up. But, you know, when I grew up, grew up, it was, you know, waking up in the morning, Sports Center is on, um, watching the Sports Center highlights, um, because they would, you know, go through pretty much every game. Um, it wouldn't be a lot of talking heads and stuff like that. It was more highlights and Stuart Scott and those great, great ESPN personalities, um, Chris Berman going through the highlights for NFL and Major League Baseball and stuff like that. So I knew I wanted to work at ESPN. Um, and so I actually applied for an internship in the fall of um, gosh, the years blend together, but I think it was the fall of, uh, 2012, um, that I, um, applied and, and got an internship in event production. Um, and was fortunate enough to work, um, in uh, college football for the fall semester, um, kind of producing a lot of the behind the scenes footage that you would see, um, on the broadcasts, um, from week to week. Um, and actually I was fortunate enough where I was able to prove my worth enough as an intern that when one of the employees unexpectedly left the college football side of things and left ESPN, they had the noon ESPN two crew open. And, um, they were like, Chris, do you, we're going to throw you right into the water. Like we we'll obviously have someone, looking over your shoulder and helping you out. But 
we're going to have you exclusively work with that, that group. So for the fall semester, I went from thinking I was going to take classes to eventually just doing internship credit to keep me as a student at UConn. Um, so wrote like a 15 page paper about my experience just to stay on as a UConn student. Cause I wasn't taking a full, full course load because I was working 70 to 80 hour weeks over in Bristol commuting from campus here. Um, and it was a great experience. I got paid for it, which was great as an intern. Um, but I realized, you know, towards the end of it, that ESPN was not going to be what I wanted to do. Um, just kind of the environment there and um, seeing the the regular employees, just how things ran. It was not a spot that I wanted to, to be at. Um, very competitive, very um, people climbing over each other to to um, try and secure status and jobs and pay and things like that. Um, my brain was more on the, was still on the, the college side of thing, which is obviously, you know, I was still a college student at the time. So I was thinking, man, I really want to work for a team. I want to be with a team. I want to travel with them. I want to be, you know, part of that group instead of um, what I was doing at ESPN, which was kind of just um, sitting in a, cubicle and and working on all that stuff there and not being able to experience the road life and being part of a team and um, pulling on the same rope going towards the goal of championships or graduation or student athlete success so um, that was great I think you know I tell all the all the the kids here at school that asked me about my ESPN experience of how it went I said sometimes it's just it's better to find out what you don't like sometimes than it is to find out what, what you do. Um, and obviously ESPN was my dream. Um, but doing that and finding out that's not what I wanted to do, boy, that saved me probably a lot of years of, um, you know, if I had not done the internship and had gotten a job out of school at ESPN and, you know, signed a contract and worked there a couple of years and realized I didn't like it, then I would have had to scramble to, try and get back and get back to the lifestyle that I eventually wanted. And um, at least for now have. Talking with Chris Jones, broadcaster for the Yukon Huskies baseball team on the baseball lifer podcast. One year in between Husky seasons, you got to do the Connecticut Tigers in the New York Penn league, a league that does not exist anymore. Tell me about the Connecticut Tigers. Where were they based and what was your season like with the Tigers? Yeah, they were uh, based in Norwich. Um, and obviously, um, you know, the history of, of that team and unfortunately not a minor league team anymore. I, I had a great, great experience with them. You know, you, you know this um, in terms of, you know, broadcasters in minor league baseball, it is a, it is a true grind. Um, yes. You get to call baseball games every day, but it is every day throughout your summer. And the New York Penn league is obviously a shortened version of the full season. So um, I went straight from Gainesville, Florida, where I was calling UConn baseball against um, uh, in that Gainesville regional for the NCAA tournament. I went straight there to Norwich to start, um, their season, which started about, you know, it's right after the draft, you know, the old draft that was in early June, um, right after the draft, you get a lot of college kids, um, a lot of young, 
Latin American players that were in the New York Penn League. That was kind of what the team, what you fielded your team with um, in short season. So it was mid-June until um, Labor Day, and it was, I think, 76 games in 81 days. So it was an experience I had um, never really had in terms of the volume of games that you were doing. Um, and at least from a personal level, you go from being a college student and you're young and, uh, you're doing, you know, most of these games are at six, seven o'clock at night. So, you know, you're putting your body through the, the lifestyle of calling a baseball game and then going out with the support staff, which was a consistent group of the athletic trainer, the video services guy, um, you know, sometimes some of the assistant coaches, and you're going out and having a good time until, you know, midnight, one in the morning, whatnot, depending on what city you're in or what town you're in. So um, it was a it was a grind. I'm sure if I stuck with minor league baseball as I got older, I wouldn't have stuck with that lifestyle of going out a lot of the nights after games. But um, it was an unreal experience. Um, but it also kind of pushed my my thinking as well still towards, Hmm, I think, you know, I don't know if minor league baseball is, is my path. I think the college setup is, is much, uh, much better. You get your summers off, you have your holidays off, um, in the winter. So there's more of a, you know, being able to not only work, but be able to, you know, be able to travel over the summer, go to different places, not be, you know, grinding away in the minor leagues throughout your, you know, from April until September. So um, fantastic experience. I love my time there. It's just a shame. There's so many awesome towns in that old New York Penn League, you know, Burlington, Vermont, Staten Island, uh, Lowell, Mass. There's just so many spots that were so much fun and so such great fan bases that you got to be a part of um, broadcasting those games. Talking with Chris Jones, broadcaster for the Yukon Huskies now. I've been a fan since 1993, listening to the Huskies, mostly for women's basketball. But when it was possible, I would listen to baseball. I heard some of the George Springer games, and I always counted on the games being on WHUS on the Internet. Now... I don't just remember what year this was, but all of a sudden, a new bunch of letters entered the lexicon, and those letters are M-I-X-L-R. Now, even though I listen to you on it regularly, and I listen to University of Maryland on M-I-X-L-R also, come, I have only the vaguest idea what exactly M-I-X-L-R is. Yeah, it is... Um... It has been something that has really helped uh, us out. Um, you know, MIXLR, which I always call um, MixLR or Mixler. Um, it was an avenue basically when WHUS during COVID, I think it was around COVID really that they started to experience, um, you know, not a lot of support in the sports department there. Um, you weren't able to get engineers to the studio, so it just didn't become a viable spot to broadcast games. Um, I'm still hoping as we move along that that can change and we can go back to putting games on 91.7 FM. Um, but it wasn't just the sports department. It was kind of the 
um, WH as a whole that changed after COVID. Um, there's more uh, syndicated shows. There's not the 24 hour, seven day a week, have a, have a person in studio kind of setup that we had back in when I was in school um, from 09 to 13. So things had changed and I was, you know, trying to scramble my brain of, man, if we can't get this on 91.7 FM, how are we going to get these games out? How are we going to have the, the following of, of hook C baseball? How are they going to be able to follow all our games when we're away early on in the season? And, you know, we have such a great following from the diehard UConn baseball fans, but also all the parents that listen to. So um, I was just kind of reaching out to um, college teams, minor league teams, anybody of, hey, is there anything that we could do on the internet that would be able to broadcast these games and be, be able to send out links so people can still listen to them? And eventually, I can't remember... Um, I think it might have been um, ECU's broadcaster at the time, Corey Glore, who said, hey, Jonesy, um, you know, we've done this a few times when radio hasn't been able to do an ECU game. If there's a doubleheader or you overlap with something, try out this this MixLR. Um, we're able to hook it up through the radio equipment. You can attach it to your computer and you can broadcast broadcast the games through that on the Internet. So, um that was kind of the okay awesome this is we're gonna still be able to do this we're gonna be able to get the product out to fans we're not gonna have to you know have fans either a pay for the the video broadcast if you're on the road or b have to watch the live stats which is not the best experience um especially for a sport like baseball like I mean, it's made for radio like all of us have grown up in the summer sitting on the deck uh, or the porch and just listen to a game on the radio. Um, and now it's kind of trended to listening on your cell phone, things like that with technology. But, um, you know, there's sometimes I have the MLB TV app uh, where you can watch all the games, but I see myself, you know, when I'm walking my dog or, um, you know, kind of sitting around doing chores at home in the summer, I tend to feel like I listen to those games on, on radio, on audio, more than I am watching them, just that experience painting the picture. Um, it's just something that I don't think, I think it's unique to baseball, right? I, I just, yes, there's games of football and all that other stuff on radio, but you just don't get that nostalgia. You don't get that feeling like you do on a summer evening. Um, listen to, listening to a game. It's, it's kind of like that Cape Cod feeling, right? Like it's just like that special place and, um, it's made for summer, for summer nights um, when you're able to to listen to a ball game. Talking with Chris Jones on the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here. Chris has been broadcasting UConn Huskies University of Connecticut games for years. Does MixLR only cover baseball, or do you put other Husky sports on there when because HUS isn't available? Um, so right now it's just baseball. Um, I don't think there is a, I think the only reason it is on MixLR is because myself and the coaching staff, um, felt a need for it to be there. Um, we haven't had with other sports yet, the clamoring for, um, some of those Olympic sports to be put, uh, on an outlet, um, you know, for, for a 
a lot of the home games are all video streamed. So you get um, that point um, taken care of. And especially this day and age, everyone can watch stuff on their phones. Um, I feel like for a lot of the home games, it's just through through those video streams that you're able to access the Olympic sports. Um, and then some of the Olympic sports, unfortunately, don't have people traveling with them to to broadcast those away games, which I think would be where you would use it more times than not. So it's an avenue they could use, um, but at least they haven't used it to this point. And obviously football, men's hockey um, for some of their games um, and the basketballs are covered by ESPN radio. So that's kind of their ESPN route um, in terms of covering those respective sports. Now, MixLR, while people may not be all that familiar with it, sometimes the sound you get on there is truly spectacular, even better than the sound you used to get on HUS. And I'll name two specific ballparks. Maybe you have an idea why the sound might be so good. One is at Xavier in Ohio, and one is at Texas Tech. And I know you won't have happy memories of Texas Tech, (laughs) but the sound was awesome in both those places. Yeah, I feel like um I feel like crowd noise has to do with that as well. Um Texas Tech was packed even during the the COVID season. That place was vibing. You had that buzz of the crowd in your in your crowd mic. Um and Xavier is unique. Um you're ba- like where I'm set up, you're basically sitting next to the to the Xavier dugout pretty much right at field level. So you get a lot of different chatter on the crowd mic whether it's the umpire, whether it's the Xavier dugout after a home run. And unfortunately, sometimes you'll even get some um, fans passing by that kind of settle behind my back shoulder and start having a conversation. And sometimes I don't hear it and I'll get text messages from people listening like, Hey, can you tell those guys to move away from your mic? Like you can, you can hear them. So um, yeah, it is interesting sometimes of, you know, the sound quality is better than others. You know, equipment has been an issue at times where, you know, I have it, I'm trying to plug in the headsets into the adapters, into the radio equipment, going into the computer. And sometimes they can't hear Randy Levine as well when we're at home and just kind of balancing that and trying to figure out the perfect solution in terms of equipment to make sure that you're getting the the best sound quality in terms of the announcers as well as the crowd noise. I try to jack up the crowd noise as much as possible. I think that's the the star of the show, right? Like obviously the broadcasters have to broadcast, but there's nothing like hearing that roar from the crowd or, you know, that, that game day murmur throughout the crowd when there's a bunch of people in the stands. So um, yeah, it's, it's interesting in terms of place to place, what, what the sound setup is like. I agree with that. Totally. We did everything we could to get, as good a crowd, Mike, as we could get and get it positioned as well as possible. Now, the last couple of years, you've gotten to go to some places that I don't think you might have gone with HUS. And one was to Stanford for the Super Regionals last year and this year all the way out to Hawaii. Now, Mm -hmm. what a trip that must have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was it's special. Palo Alto um is a amazing place and unfortunately i didn't get the experience i wanted to um and obviously we were one win shy of college world series personally for me um i was stupid enough to um between the maryland regional 
and the Stanford regional way back, I uh, scheduled a move out of my apartment into another apartment. So we got back from Maryland after that, um, that great regional that we're able to win. And I have to immediately move my stuff out of my apartment. And during the move process, I um, broke my left foot um, stepping over, stepping over a curb, not seeing where to step and just completely rolling over my left foot with, uh, I don't know, a 7,500 pound couch. Um, and so I ha- was, I was basically in a boot the entire Palo Alto week. So I wasn't able to walk around as much, see the campus. Um, you know, my restaurant experiences were either ones close to the hotel or getting an Uber. Um, so I don't, I didn't get the, the usual lay of the land. If I'm, I'm usually able to, you know, go through a run through campus or at least a walk, um, to kind of get an experience of, of that place. But, Unfortunately, I was dumb enough to to break my foot uh, before that super regional. But um, yeah, Hawaii as well. I mean, that's one of my favorite places on earth. I've been fortunate enough. That's the fourth time I've been there. I uh, was there twice with my family when I was younger, um, going to the Big Island and going to Maui. Um, and then in 2020 in January, uh, actually for the new year, I went with a couple of my really good friends uh, who were both um, women's lacrosse uh, assistant coaches here at the time. Um, and we went there for, for the 2020 new year. Uh, we went to Kauai and Oahu, which we were at this year, obviously, where the University of Hawaii is. So um, I've been spoiled. Um, it was an unbelievable trip again this year. And to be able to win three out of four games was was great. Um, there's a different pressure when you're part of a group and the administration is, is uh, allowing you to spend the amount of money that we spent to go there. So there was a definite pressure when we lost that first game of, Hey, we can't come out here and, and lose the series or, or split this series because you know, the optics, even though the guys are, they're phenomenal. Um, they're not going out and partying and, 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 you know, spend it all day in the sun but the optics of that, if we lost that series was, Oh yeah, they were just having too good of a time. They were, you know, not focused, that sort of thing. So being able to win that series was kind of a, you know, sigh of relief um, to be able to, uh, to show like, all right, yeah, we were able to go all those miles and and be able to still win and have that focus. So that was great. And at least personally for me, like, you know, not being a player, I was able to, you know, get up early, go on some cool hikes, um, get the experience of, you know, obviously the nature there. And it's just, such, it is paradise. It's, it's unbelievable. I hope everyone in their lifetime has a, a chance to go out there because it's just one of the unique places on this earth. Um, and it really sets things in perspective. Um, and it's some of the best food you'll ever have, especially fruit wise. I'm not, I'm not a big fruit guy, but when I go to Hawaii, I'm eating anything and everything that is fruit related because it's so fresh and uh, it's just, it's amazing. It makes you want to have an active lifestyle, just the way that the, um, the weather is and the food is, it's just, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm talking with Chris Jones, who broadcasts baseball for the University of Connecticut now from say early June when the baseball season wraps up until next February when the baseball season starts up again. What else do you do for the University of Connecticut? I know they're with you full time all year. 
Yeah, I'm um besides my role as an SID and um and uh doing the broadcast for baseball games, I'm also the director of baseball operations along with the director of base or director of women's soccer operations in the fall. So I do um the SID and ops roles for women's soccer in the fall. Um and uh that's a great experience. I I love kind of the the time that I'm able to get away from baseball. Um, it's great being with them all the time, but it's kind of nice to be able to get into an uncomfortable setting. You know, soccer is not a sport that I know very well, but it's great to kind of have that change up, right? Like a different sport, um, you know, I'm doing different things, but it's a different group of people. It's a, you know, a female team and um, a team that is in a different spot in their program than we are as a baseball program. So it's, uh, it's great to kind of interact with those student athletes. Um, they're great. It's, it's awesome. I know it's a tough time of year right now. They give me a hard time. Cause they're like, Jonesy, where, where have you been? Like, we haven't seen you at all during the spring. <laughs> and it's just cause I've been traveling so much with baseball that I haven't been, been able to be around that group, but um, yeah, so basically once the baseball season ends, um, I am going to take some personal time. It's been a long year of doing both ops, SID, all that stuff. So I'm actually going to go on a, a nice Europe trip for the first time in my life, go experience Europe um, for a couple weeks. And then I'll, you know, hopefully recharge the batteries and uh, get ready for the fall season with with soccer as well as um, obviously my, my role with baseball doesn't stop. You have a full fall season where you're helping out practices and, um, you know, alumni games, exhibition games, um, getting all that stuff situated. And, uh, obviously the world of social media never stops as well. So just, you know, staying on track with that, um, making sure to, to keep, keep posting and keep getting the, um, you know, the word out on, on, on both those sports. Last question for Chris Jones, who's been broadcasting the UConn Huskies, University of Connecticut baseball. Do you see this as a permanent thing? Could you be the next Bob Joyce, who's done the women's basketball for about 20 years now? I hope so. Um, I mean, that's the goal right now. As long as uh, Jim Penders is the head coach here at, at UConn, I don't see myself going anywhere. Um that that guy's special. This this group is special. Um, you know, not only coach who I see kind of as a second father, and um, you know that 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 role has kind of changed since I've been ops as well. You know, when you first get here and you have him as a father figure and a coach, and and now he's become even more like a a friend. Where you know all these bus rides, we just bus back from Villanova yesterday, and just you know all the joking around on the bus and and all that that's special that's that's something i don't you know if ucla or any of those schools came calling like i don't i don't think the 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 weather in la is awesome but i don't think the experiences are going to be the same as when you're with family right um you know josh and jeff horrigan are like my older brothers you know they're always ripping on me i'm ripping on them we're we're you know we have such a great relationship um they trust me to do my job and um it's very open communication in terms of, you know, how do we get this program to the next level? Um, we're starting to get there. Top 10 team right now, you know, a threat to host a regional. Um, 
we're just trying to find different avenues to to get our program to the level of of Gino's program of uh, the basketball program. Um, try and put our name on the map that hey, this isn't you know this isn't a one time thing anymore. Obviously, in 2010 when we hosted, like that was a special season, but now we've been to eight NCAA tournaments. Hopefully, a ninth this year since 2010. You've been to two super regionals. You could potentially host another regional this year. That would be two in that timeline. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, my family still lives in Simsbury. Um, I obviously um, love love Connecticut. I don't think I would have said that when I was coming out of high school. I think I would have said, like, yeah, I'm going to California or I'm going somewhere down south where the weather's nicer. But this place just kind of grabs a hold of you. Um, and obviously I was a student here at UConn and, um, yeah, those relationships, like you just get dragged in, like now you, you build these relationships with the players and these coaching staffs. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to leave, um, you know, like the Ryan Daniels and the Drew Crones and the freshmen that are incoming, you kind of get sucked into, to building those relationships and being part of those guys' lives. So, um, I, I think the big thing too, um, as you go through the years and boy, I've been here now more than a decade, you know, you go to these different road venues and you see these former players, you know, I just saw Kenny house this past weekend. I just saw Angus Mayock. I saw Scott Oberg. Um, and it's just such a family atmosphere. Like, you know, you, you just go back immediately go back to those memories of being on the road with those guys doing the room checks, um, you know, rain delays, you know, chatting it up, get to know them, get to know their, their story, their families. Um, it's great. Like I don't, as, at least from my standpoint, um, I don't think at least as of now, I'm, as long as Jim Penders is here or Josh McDonald, Jeff Horrigan, like I'm, I'm not going, going anywhere. I think we're going to ride this out. And, and obviously coach Pedeswa too on that coaching staff, he's like, he's like the fun uncle. Um, obviously he has another job at Montville high school, but um, he, uh, he brings another element. That's great. We were just talking about his days in the Cape Cod league as a coach talking about, um, David Robertson and a bunch of other former guys and special moments that he had when he was coaching for Yarmouth Dennis. So yeah, a long winded answer, but I love this place. Um, you know, I, I don't see myself going anywhere else here as of now, obviously things can change throughout life, but um, at least now I'm happy and Hey, it doesn't feel like a job, right? You're getting, you know, money has never been a factor for me. I've had opportunities to go elsewhere for, for more money. And that just doesn't entice me at all. Like I'd rather be working with people that I love working with and respect. And, you know, it goes past work, you know, you're going over their houses for family dinners and stuff. Um, it just means more, right? The experiences in your life, when you look back, you're not going to look at a, a dollar sign, right? You're going to look at the people that you spend it with and how much fun and laughs and all that good stuff. The Big East Tournament will be Memorial Weekend. The NCAA Regional will be the weekend after that. And then who knows, maybe the Supers and maybe beyond, if not now, one of these years for Chris Jones, who's been my guest on the Baseball Lifer podcast. Chris, thanks a lot. Thanks, Don. Really appreciate it. We'll be back with a look at next week's show after a word from our sponsor. I'm having such a problem at work. 
It's the second time this month. I've got two computers down, and I can't get my computer repair company to come to the office to fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies to help us. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when our computers are not working properly. I need someone who can see what's wrong and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They've been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at CortlandComputerServices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860, CortlandComputerServices.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, Don Wardlow here following a really interesting interview with Chris Jones, one of the voices of the Connecticut or Yukon Huskies. They're hoping they can repeat what they did last year. They won the Big East tournament outright. They went to a truly amazing regional at the University of Maryland. Then they went on to Stanford and lost in the Super Regionals a year ago. But now to do that, they would have to win three games in a row just to win the Big East and hope to get an at-large bid into the Regional. That's the task ahead of the UConn Huskies baseball team, and Chris will be one of the broadcasters covering it. Next week on the Baseball Lifer podcast, we're going to change gears from the microphone to the pen, what Roger Kahn did for the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 1970s. Next week's guest, David Finoli, has done for Pittsburgh sports in general, not just the Pirates. If there's a team that played in Pittsburgh, David Finoli has written about it, and he'll be our guest a week from now on the next Baseball Lifer podcast. And I hope that you join me. This has been Don Wardlow. Have a good week.